Hello once again, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another really good revision history podcast with me, Mr. Hutchinson. There's another quick one for you today, uh, centering on Galen. So our last podcast, we were looking at Hippocrates and uh, focusing on medieval attitudes to Hippocrates. Remember, our call starts in 1250, whereas Hippocrates uh, was born uh, 460 BC. So, you know, ancient doctor whose influence was still very much felt at the start of our course in medieval times. Um, I'm going to continue with that theme today and focusing on another ancient doctor who um, was still influencing medieval medicine in 1250. And that is a doctor by the name of Claudius Galen. Okay, now he was born in Greece in AD uh, 129. So the best part of 600 years after Hippocrates, although the two are very much linked. Galen very much was a uh, scholar of uh, Hippocrates' work and used it and sort of built upon it, really, and, um, yeah, arguably improved upon it as well. So, as I say, Galen was born in Greece, but he was a Roman citizen. Uh, by AD 129, uh, the the Greek Empire is very much swallowed up by the Roman Empire, which is now the, the sort of most dominant empire in that part of the world. And Galen um, was a fairly wealthy individual who at a young age decided he was going to study medicine. Um, he spends time um, in Alexandria, which was the center of medical knowledge at the time in, in Egypt, where he learnt about uh, various organs and other medical practices. Of course, the ancient Egyptians uh, practicing mummification. Part of that process is extracting organs. So he got to see firsthand uh, how the body worked. He also went on to work as a doctor in a gladiator school. So gladiators, of course, fighting each other for uh, for, for the uh, entertainment of Roman citizens. So he got to see lots of gruesome wounds uh, up close and personal. Of course, gladiators as well being the sort of fit, healthy warriors. So he got to see, you know, the, the, the pinnacle of the human condition and study with them as well. He, he goes on to become a doctor to, to uh, uh, some of the Roman emperors as well, including... Um, Marcus Aurelius amongst, amongst others. So that shows you how successful and how well thought of he was during his own day. Um, what Galen actually practices is he, he, he's, he's, he takes Hippocrates' ideas. He's very much a believer in the four humours that, that Hippocrates uh, sort of came up with. And he takes that idea and builds upon it and creates something called the theory of opposites, which is very much based upon the four humours. But this is the idea of rebalancing through treating, uh, through, through um, looking at uh, the um, symptoms that somebody's suffering as a result of an illness. And based upon the four humours, he would prescribe opposite treatments. So, for example, if you were overheating, 
he would prescribe treatments to sort of cool you down. And again, this sounds extremely obvious. It's still very much centered on the four humors, but his theory of opposites builds upon it and proves them. He often used a bloodletting as a treatment as well as part of the of the four humans. Of course, bloodletting is a, a popular treatment right up beyond medieval times, right up into Renaissance and even, even beyond that. Um, some of the other things that he's credited for is, like Hippocrates, he wrote a lot of books where he outlined his um, theories about the human body there. He was very much in favour of um, getting to grips um, with with the human body and um, he writes in his book as if he has dissected humans and speaks about the importance of that and touching and feeling you know bones and and really getting hands on with uh, with work and that's the best way to learn how the human body works he's he was we think from the way that he uh, he words his his work that he was quite sort of arrogant and very confident individual, a bit of a showman, and he's credited with this um, incredible show where he uh, proves to a crowd that the brain controls the body, not the heart, which is what was previously thought and what Hippocrates wrote. And this is uh, he takes a pig, well, which is squealing. And proclaims that uh, if he makes a cut in the neck and cuts this particular um, sort of sinew or um, a nerve would be a, a better word to explain more accurately. So um, he cuts into the neck and uh, says, you know, when I cut this particular nerve, the pig will carry on squealing in pain. So the pig squealing and writhing around in agony, and he cuts this nerve, and the and the uh, and the pig continues to squeal. And he picks another another nerve, digs it out, shows it to the the audience, and says, you know, if I cut this nerve, the pig will continue to squeal around. He cuts the nerve, and the poor pig is squealing in agony. And finally, he picks another nerve, and he says, now if I cut this nerve, the pig will fall silent. And he does. And the pig does. So he proves beyond all doubt that it is in fact the brain that controls the body, not the heart. And of course, we know today that that is completely true and entirely accurate. So he made some huge stride forward. It wasn't perfect. Uh, we think from the way he wrote and some of the descriptions of the human body that in fact he didn't actually get to dissect humans obviously that was frowned upon uh sort of um within the roman empire at the time so uh he wrote that uh, one kidney was above the other he wrote that the uh, jawbone was in two parts and he 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 he, he inaccurately describes a female womb as well uh, all of which are actually accurate description for for an ape um so we think that he dissected you know apes thinking they were the closest thing to humans and wrote as if he had dissected humans so he did make some mistakes um you know not all of his uh work and theories were were accurate but once again you know proving that the brain controls the body this was a, a huge leap forward uh you know for for its day in sort of ad uh, 29 and beyond uh 129 and beyond however uh, similarly to, to how I spoke about Hippocrates, our course starts in 1250, not in ancient times. So by the time our course starts, 
Galen was still being practiced and had been practiced for, you know, the best part of 1500 years by that point or beyond, you know. So, you know, this shows how stagnant medical progress had become by the start of our course. As a result of the work of Hippocrates and Galen, they were so successful. People bought into their theories so, so much that, uh, you know, there was very little questioning. And actually, we don't know if there was that much questioning of Galen and Hippocrates. And this sort of bleeds into the next podcast here. But for those of you that study the Richard and John course and have listened to my podcast on that course, Richard and John ends in 1216 and the medicine course starts in 1250, so very much still the feudal system, very much still, uh, you know, um, medieval life as described in, in those podcasts and that you would have learned during that course if you've done it. Um, but, you know, very much like life, sorry, was very much dominated by the church and religion and the Christian church, the Catholic church at, at this time in 1250 in England was, was all powerful, extremely powerful, had its own lands, you know, uh, the, the, the debate about who was the, the, you know, the, the main seat of power in a country, was it the Pope? Was it, was it the King? That was very much, you know, up for debate. So the church was extremely powerful. Its influence was keenly felt every single corner of the country and the church controlled medical knowledge and um, how medical ideas were spread because the church um, were the ones that were copying books it was monks that copied books by hand there was no such thing as the printing press yet no way of copying books on mass or mass producing them shall we say so they were they were they were you know, copied by hand by mucks, which made them sometimes inaccurate. You couldn't do any diagrams or anything like that, accurate drawings of the human body, which limited the amount of medical progress uh, because of, you know, technological factors just wasn't possible. Um, but also, um, made, sorry, made books extremely rare, made them extremely expensive, so they weren't, you know, easy to get hold of. But more so than that, it allowed the church to censor ideas that they didn't agree with because they just quite simply wouldn't copy those ideas into books wouldn't champion those ideas wouldn't push them forward so they disappeared to history you know now the church the catholic church very much bought into the ideas of galen because somewhere in his works galen writes that the body's so perfect it must have been created um i think he might even use the the sort of you know uh, word god or not meaning the Christian God, of course, but 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 sort of hints at the idea that the body was so perfect it must be a a creation from of a higher being, a higher being's creation. The Catholic Church take that to mean God. They sort of sort of you know think that oh well, Galen's on our team then you know he's he's one of us, and so therefore pushes ideas forward because it goes along with the doctrine or the ideas that the Church themselves were teaching. So because Galen's teaching sort of aligns with the Catholic Church, 1500 years later, the Catholic Church continues to push his ideas forward, continues to copy his teachings, and medical knowledge is based on Galen as a direct result of that. It's also the church uh, funding uh, universities and things like that who teach Galen's ideas. So because 
of censorship uh, enforced by the church because of the success of Galen, Galen's ideas and Hippocrates' ideas, even though they are long since dead, even though we're talking, you know, 1500, 2000 years later plus, their ideas are still being used. When 1250 rocks around and, the, you know, our course starts, um, the vast majority of medical treatments and beliefs in what in um in what was causing disease were based upon the teachings of galen and hippocrates so in their day absolutely amazing no doubt they they are responsible for huge stride forwards in medical progress however at the start of our course in 1250 because of the catholic church predominantly their ideas represent a regression because Medical progress has not moved forward for thousands of years. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I hope that's been useful to you. Uh, next podcast, we'll look at other treatments and beliefs that were popular during the medieval period. And we'll also look at other um, uh, reasons why, how, why the church with um, sort of held back medical progress as well. So do tune in for that one. And as always, keep working hard. Bye-bye then.